Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend who is okay if I scream or you scream, or if we all just scream for ice cream. She's the mix, just these two, Gina. <laughs> that's cute. Uh, and yes, like this is a welcome change. I love it. There you go. All right. So uh, I know you, everyone... From that open, you might think it's all about ice cream, but it's not. It really isn't. Um, it's going to be about seeing life, different different times, different points of view. So most people view retirement as their chance to slow down, kick back, relax. For for them, retirement is maybe a finish line uh, to a long journey where they finally get a chance to tinker their day away in a workshop, play golf, tennis, or maybe they're out in the garden nurturing plants and want watching them grow, bloom. I think that's more like you. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for that. Um, others might spend their time, this is more like me, traveling, seeing the world, drinking wine, uh, <laughs> embarking on adventures and just soaking in the beauty of different cultures and landscapes. I can see us both doing that. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll still be running Buffalo and Bergen in my retirement, right? Because <laughs> my kids will never do a goddamn thing. <laughs> But, well, no matter, no matter how Sorry, you choose, kid. that's all right, no matter how you choose to spend your retirement, it's all about embracing the freedom to do the things you love, spending time with the people who matter most, and finding new passions to ignite your soul. It's a chapter of life that's filled with possibilities, including the possibility of starting a new business, doing exactly what you love. And that is exactly what today's designated drinker is doing. So please welcome to the show who discovered in retirement how to savor the sweeter things in life, the owner of Mimi's Handmade Ice Cream, Roland Amore. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Welcome. I mean, how sweet. How, yeah. Can't get any sweeter than this, Gina. I mean, his last name is Love. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I, mean <laughs> I mean, it's adorable. You cannot get any better than the story, know, exactly. right? And that's what I inject into my ice cream. Love. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I do. There you I, go. I feel like a Casanova, right? I think Almost. you set it up and you just knocked it down on that I know, one. I know. I loved it. All right. Before we go any further, um, Roland, please give our listeners just a uh -huh, a taste of what Mimi's handmade ice cream is all about. Yeah, Mimi's Mimi's handmade ice cream is uh, a combination of concepts. One, an artisan ice cream concept. Two. Uh, and really important is about flavor. I'm, a, I'm about flavor. I'm not about toppings. I'm not about inclusions. I'm not about mixing cookie dough with brownie batter. I'm about bringing great flavors out. And I want to, you know, we have, our, we have a, about 40 flavors and we have a core base of core American ice creams. You know, America is in love with ice cream. It's for hundreds of years almost, but uh, from the butterscotches to the uh, vanillas to the salted caramels. But around that core, I want to bring unusual flavors to people. I do things like uh, uh, a roasted red pepper. I find that, oh, it's delicious. I find that, I find that uh, vegetables that are naturally sweet, they make remarkable ice creams. I make corn, I make uh, the red pepper. Uh, I bring an ube out, which is a yam from the Philippines. You know, I worked for many years, almost 40 years in Asia, Southeast Asia and China, uh, commuting there. And so I've brought a lot of, the, a lot of those flavors in, into the mix. But I want to bring out flavors, and I want to do it simplistically. I'm not using uh, any kind of artificial flavor. I use ingredients to make flavor. I want people to have the best ice cream experience they can have. That's amazing. That's amazing. 
I mean, I'm ready for an ice cream machine. I was like, Let, let's do it. Let's do it the right way. So just to make our listeners jealous, Roland's brought us five types of ice cream that are different. I'm going to call them frozen treats because they're not all ice cream, right? Um, and he will correct me when I'm wrong. Absolutely. So what do you want to start with, Gina? Uh, this one. The cucumber. Yeah. This is the one I was most waiting to taste, to be honest. I'm so glad you picked that one. Okay. Roland, are you going to have any ice cream? Absolutely. <laughs> I like the quietness of it. Yeah, I know. It's like, like the anticipation. Like, like, I think we should be doing this so these people think yeah. we're doing something. So I... Oh, oh. it's so... I, I would imagine... I don't know how anyone... I, I love adventurous flavors, and that cucumber is amazing. It's earthy and sweet and refreshing and... It's, it's almost like so a cucumber good. sprinkle, right? Like there's that creaminess that like rounds it out, mm -hmm. and it's really delicious. Oh, I am very curious. Rather than cucumber and milk, right? It's got to be vanilla, a little oh, bit. A little bit of vanilla. And then um, there's something else, and I don't know what it is in there with it. Well, there are magic ingredients, of course. But it's um, familiar, and I don't know what it is, and it's like making me crazy. Well, it it well, it's not much more than that. There's a little bit of sugar in there, and uh, I think the vanilla is giving it that nice. Round, it's rounding the edge a little bit, mm -hmm. and uh, you know what? It almost is it there's the milk. milk. I mean, is it a grass-fed milk? I do use an organic milk for that, a grass-fed exactly, because and that gives it a nice earthy. That's what it is. There's, to there's it. a yep. tone to it, like the sweet, like there's like another layer. I'm almost getting dill, really? a little light, like, and it might be my way of saying the grassiness. Delicious. You know, it's it's first of all the cucumbers I use the Persian small Persian cucumbers which are just phenomenal in flavor. Mm -hmm. And I use the skins too. It's yeah. the skin and the inner part of the cucumber and it just, uh, it produces a wonderful flavor. You know, that's a unique flavor and I have unique flavors, but I don't have them for shock value. Yeah, They've got to taste good these are if amazing. they go in that's my amazing. case. And, that's so good. And I, sometimes I work on these for a month, two months at a time to perfect the recipe. I want to, it, it shows. I would say that, I'm gonna say that because he leaves the skin on, it's healthy. Well, oh, yeah, through and through. This is a salad. Yes, it's a salad. Yeah. All right, so, <laughs> <laughs> is this, first of all, this is beautiful. But it's like, I the, the smell of it is so good. But I love that you use the Persian cucumbers because you know what I love about them? They make wonderful perfumes as well. Do they? Okay. Yeah, they when they use, like, make the perfume essences and stuff, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they usually use the small ones or they use the Asian um, cucumbers that are really teeny tiny. Um, in order to get like that uh, aroma. So how did you come up with this? Like one day you're just like, oh, I'm gonna have ice cream and cucumbers. That's interesting. Last year, uh, a charity uh, approached me to make some ice creams for a charitable event, actually right here local in town. And um, they wanted, their, their request was ice creams from the 1800s. So I went back and, you know, my, I didn't know what ice creams were popular in the 1800s but there were a lot more flavors than we have now than the vanilla chocolate strawberry. So I picked two of them. I picked a rose water yeah. and, and a cucumber. And uh, I did a little research. The cucumber uh, was introduced in the United States or to the world basically uh, as a tribute to Queen Victoria. And I don't know what the exact event was, but uh, that's when that was made. Uh, it also has its roots in Persia, Persian ice creams, uh, have uh, going back through the years, uh, they have cucumber along with uh, their standard Bastani Sonati, which is uh, 
It's got saffron in it. It's got rose water, oh, yeah. uh, clotted cream, chunks of clotted cream, pistachios. But uh, I made that ice cream and it was so good, it became a permanent uh, fixture in my store. It's delicious. It's so wonderful. It doesn't need anything either. No, yeah. no. It's not looking for anything. It's just really beautiful. But also, your texture is really good. Like, you don't have any, like, ice chunks in there. No. It's nice and smooth. Well, no, a lot of ice cream now is overturned. Yeah. So, like, that's one of the things that, um, you know, becomes, like, an issue, especially when you have, like, you know, fat content versus the water or the, um, mm -hmm. the sugar content. And then you'll get, like, these little crystals. And, like, people will say, that, oh, that's really good. And they call it, like, hard ice cream. Yeah. But hard ice cream sometimes is just a way to cover up a mistake. <laughs> um, it's like it's like um, like some of these bigger chain coffee places. They burn their coffee intentionally oh, yes. yeah. so that they can get away from uh So it all tastes exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, it tastes the same. But, like, this is really nice. So now you, this, when you say handmade, you do run this through a machine. Oh yes, yes. It, it it's handmade in its preparation. Got it. Okay. It and all the all everything is prepared. The cucumbers. There are no flavors with with what I do, uh, where you just add flavors yeah. and some cream and put it in a machine. No, uh, this is handcrafted all the way. It makes a much better ice cream. A similar note is something like my beet ice cream. It uh, grilled beets. I grill beets. I let them caramelize. And uh, the sugars come out and the flavors come out. It's got a real nutty flavor, and I make an ice cream with that. So it's all about the flavor. flavor. It's all about that. And what I've discovered is, is I'm trying to, instead of trying to inundate your ingredients with other ingredients, bring out the natural flavor of whatever you're using, whatever that component is. If it's a beet, if it's a cucumber, if it's corn, it doesn't matter. I mean, you guys, I've got to get in there and I've got to draw out that natural flavor. I've got to find it yeah. and bring it out. And that's and that's what I, that's my objective. That's what I try to do. Beet ice cream. That's, I mean, it was a sugar. That makes sense. Um, is there any, is there a history to that or is it just something that you? Well, no, it's a, there's a personal history. I used to grill beets in my backyard yeah. in uh, aluminum foil, grill them for about 40 minutes and uh, take them while they're still warm, cut them, put a little olive oil, salt, and pepper on them, and eat them. And they were just wonderful tasting. And I said, one day I made the connection. I said, I bet you they'll still be wonderful tasting if I make an ice cream out of it. So. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Um, beets have been used in baking for a long time, but like they use like white beets and they use them for sugar, especially during like um, the wars and stuff like that when sugar became very like, scarce. And um, I believe red velvet cake came from that, right? Oh, that so, makes sense, yeah. So it was the beet sugar that they used instead. I want to taste your ice cream. Yeah. I want, to, <laughs> I want to make this very clear to our listeners. I have never had a roasted beet ice cream, and 100% I will be having a roasted yeah. beet ice cream. So on the shows, a couple of shows ago, it was quite a while ago, actually, we had somebody on the show. My grandparents moved to the U.S. over 100 years ago, and they had bought a farm site unseen in South Dakota. Unfortunately, with my father's passing, my aunt's passing, we know this, the real history behind it is gone. They were the, the eldest children, and even then they would have been young to get the information. But um, no one actually knows, and we had a historian on the show, and, and, about, and it's all Latin American histories is her background, and she was like, I bet you at that time and that place, it was a beet farm that your grandparents bought because of the time and where it was. And then I did ask my, the eldest sisters, and they all, they were like, yeah, it seems like it could have been, but no one really knows, because they didn't grow up there either because of other things that happened. They end up selling and leaving the farm, but yeah. Anyway, history about beets. That's all I got. It's a, 
That's a hard thing to grow. I mean, it seems like an easy thing, but it's a back-breaking uh, thing to grow for sure. Well, I guess so. Um, yeah, I tried to grow beets. It's a whole, it's a whole mess. <laughs> Roland, where, where are you from? Where are you from? Where am I from? <clears throat> besides heaven, with the ice cream. Yeah, where am I besides from? That, besides heaven, Roland, <laughs> with besides, the ice cream. Besides that you my just... genetic composition, yes, right? Yes. Uh, I'm born in Germany. My mother is a German. Okay. My father was uh, first generation American. He was a soldier after the war. Met my mother. I was born there. So I have a family there. But we came, I was about one years old when we came back to the United States. And I grew up in an Italian neighborhood, New Haven, Connecticut. So needless to say, eating was a very large component of life. It was, in fact, it was the fabric that brought the whole community and the family together. And uh, on top of that, about 39, 40 years ago, I was in investment banking and uh, I used to travel all over Asia, Southeast Asia and all over China. I did that for 35 years or so. So uh, I have a broad background in flavors, European flavors, Southeast Asian flavors, and uh, not only in ice cream, but in, in their cuisines in general. Well, you must. I mean, like, the fact that you even did this is, like, kind of, like, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But I'm wondering, I, so I have a question, and, like, I have to say, this is the first time I'm tasting your ice cream. Have you done a bean ice cream? I feel like you must have. I've done an azuki bean. Yeah, okay. When, it, when, when the Cherry Blossom Festival, mm -hmm. I, I put out a slate of uh, ice creams, a, a cherry blossom, an azuki bean. Uh, Do tell. And, what is and matcha. Uh, azuki beans, red mung bean. Oh, okay. And and basically in Asia, if you go to China, yeah. at the end of dinner, sometimes you'll get that. It's a it's a chilled kind of syrupy substance with the green beans in it. It's very good. I mean, the uh, red beans, the azuki beans. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, Malaysia, they eat. They have a dessert called ice kacang, and they put the beans on top with um, shaved ice and yeah. flavors, and uh, sometimes uh, sometimes corn. Depends, like what's um, available, uh, tapioca, whatever. But uh, it's very good. It's um, it's cool. Like you have to be into it. Like you have to like yeah, just be open. Yeah, there's like a lot of bean. Like as I'm wondering if you did that, so I was like, did you do a bean ice cream? Because it's really <laughs> exciting to me. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I'll go to another. One. We'll do a what more do traditional like? flavor. We do watermelon. Want to sure. do watermelon? I mean, is it just watermelon or is there like? What do we got here. That is the definition of purity. I took a very ripe melon. I pureed it. I added a little sugar, and that's all. No water, no flavoring, no coloring. And I've got to tell you, it is... So you spun watermelon, just crushed watermelon? Yeah, pureed it. And basically, it tastes just like watermelon, but better. That's cool. Of course, I use seedless watermelon. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd take you too damn long. <laughs> I feel bad for Alex today. She's a producer on our show, and she's staring at us like, we all suck. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> This is so good. It is so good. And that's a real summer treat. I've also made a cantaloupe ice cream. Oh, I know. Similar in nature yeah. where it's that's a pure. That's my favorite Italian ice. Oh, it, cantaloupe. cantaloupe. I've never had that in an Italian ice cream. That is my 100%. There's a place in Long Island called Zappianza's, and I grew up. It's been there since oh literally, God. I'm not kidding, like 1901. And um, they make four flavors of Italian ice, and they make um, chocolate, cannoli, cantaloupe, and lemon. That is it. Or sometimes rainbow. And that's all that they serve there. And it is the best. So the funny thing is, is so Gina and I met quite a few years ago by oh, accident. Oh, oh, oh. And we've talked about this on the show a couple of times. But the crazy thing about this is like we met here in the D.C. area maybe about 10 years ago now. My husband was deployed. He was still active duty Air Force then, was deployed. And I started spending some time with her. And um, he meets for the first time at the restaurant she's working at. And she's a couple seats down talking to somebody he can hear. 
Mm -hmm. And he's like, where is she from? And I was like, well, New York. And he's like, where? And I was like, Long Island. And he's like, no, where on Long Island? And I'm like, I, I don't know. And he's like, no, she's she's definitely. And he and immediately when he met her, he knew that she was from Garden City because they're from the same area. Elmont is a little town right next door. They're like two little. They're not mm -hmm. towns. They're just they're they're towns. Yeah, municipals, I guess. And yeah. But yeah. and uh, we get fancy. Yes. And now and then we don't have like a mayor. So and the other thing me. that they connect through not only through their acts. Well, Dave's is very flat now, but Sapienza's. Apparently, that is the only place in the world you can get rainbow cookies. The only place in the world you get cannolis. The only place, and they they have nothing well, else. They the bond other it. close. So there's a big, there's still a fight about it. It doesn't matter. But that just brought me home to that like, like that fresh flavor. Can I ask you a question? How do you know when to stop? Like, yeah. you know, like no, not stop eating it. So like, so when you make an ice or an ice cream, right, and you pureed this, how did you know that like I'm gonna stop here because I don't want it to be a water. I want to have like that little chew, right? There's like a little chew to it because mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. natural. Like, that was a happy accident, or was that intentional? No, it, the, the chew is because I, there's some micro clumps of watermelon in there, but which you need to be there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, that's purposeful. It's so that's good. That's absolutely purposeful. It's yeah. almost like, a, um, like you think it's like a sprinkle or mm -hmm. like something different, and then it's just in there, and it's just like, it's so yummy. So this, so is a, this is a sorbet, then? Yeah, a sorbet. Sorbets are made with water. Just water. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ice creams are made with cream, mm -hmm. and sherbets are generally made with milk product. Uh, somewhat similar uh, to to uh, uh, Italian gelato. Gelato is made with milk, not cream, and it has a little more sugar oh, because okay. of that. But uh, those are the three frozen dessert categories. And, well, there's a fourth, a vegan, and, and, and a sorbet, of course, would be a vegan option. It doesn't contain animal products, but yeah. usually the vegans have a fat substitute. Sorbets don't have a fat substitute. And they'll um, today they'll either use coconut, or oat milk, or cashew milk, almond milk, and so, and so forth. Those are the uh, uh, so that would make up the vegan category, which of which sorbet is a subcategory. I never thought I'd be like, oh, this is just watermelon. It's like really good. Normally, I'm like, oh, did you put like yuzu in it? Or like, <laughs> I don't know. All right. This is ba what is that? What did that so say? So this one is Bailey's. Bailey's yeah, Irish cream. Is it alcoholic? It's alcoholic. And Do you it's have to be 21 with... to order this? Yes. I, I have an older clientele. My customers, basically 80% of them are, are well over 21. I love this. So this and, is an ice cream. That's an ice cream. It's a very good seller. I've had it since day one. I mean, oh. I, I mean, have you met anybody that doesn't like Bailey's? I mean, I'd be like... And this one has mm. chocolate. Oh, I, I, and I do put chocolate in there. I cut my own chocolate. Wow. This. Oh, it's nice, bitter, dark chocolate, mm -hmm. too. I mean, the chocolate works so well with the Baileys. No wonder you never leave Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> that is super delicious. Chocolate chip for adults. Yeah. I love that bitter finish of the chocolate. I really mm -hmm. do enjoy that. Nice. Does it really have an alcoholic context? Oh, yeah, and it has Baileys. Not an Irish cream. Baileys Irish cream. It's really good. So are you a, a fan of putting the chips in the machine and letting it roll in the machine, or do you put it and sprinkle it as you're canning? I, I, I add it as the uh, ice cream comes out of the machine. Because mm. I like, you know, if you put it in the machine, they kind of kind of has a, like a pebbles in water where they start rounding and, and getting yeah. polished. No, I, I, I like the little edges of the chocolate. They, re they really work well with the ice cream. 
Oh my god, this All is right, good. Gina. There used to be an ice cream festival at um, Union Market. Yeah. Yeah, it was called ice cream. It was called uh, the Jubilee, and they had it every year until before COVID, right? Did you ever participate in that? No, I never have. I wasn't making ice cream then. I'm only... Oh, yeah, that's right. How long have <laughs> you opened? Oh, a year and a half. That's it? That's it. Yeah. Did we say that in the beginning of this? A year and a half? <laughs> so what? A year and a half. I actually have three more stores opening in the next month or so. Where? But, uh, one in Fairfax at Mosaic District. Okay. One in Rockville Pike at Federal Plaza. Oh my gosh. And then I've got a soft serve going into a new food hall in, um, in Friction Heights, Maryland. Wow. And they're all opening in the next three to six weeks. How do you hire for that? I mean, are you, are you like, like... Well, I've been trying to grow more arms. All right, Gina. So now here's the test. You've tasted three. Yeah. And now you have to figure out what kind of tip are you going to give us? Which one? Well, I'm eating all chocolate right now, so. <laughs> I gotta do the cucumber. You gotta do the cucumber. All right. Okay, so there's nothing more traditional in the United States than having an ice cream float. You know, during Prohibition, people ate ice cream all the time to replace that alcohol. So what's kind of more amazing than that? We're going way back. We're gonna use a traditional ice cream, which is made with cucumber, all the way back, all the way across the pond, all the way to Queen Victoria. At least that's what Roland told me, I'm not sure, but we'll find that out in the episode, right? So here is my tip today. We are going to build a traditional float using uh, maybe now it's standards, not such a traditional form of ice cream. So what we're gonna do is, this is how you do it, okay? You first take your first scoop of ice cream. So we're gonna take our ice cream, and it's gorgeous, right? Look at that, cucumber, so beautiful. And we're gonna take that and we're gonna put it in the bottom of our glass, one scoop, okay? Now, if you're like me or anybody that loves ice cream, that's probably not enough. But right now you have it resting on a spoon and you want it to sit on that spoon because this is how you're gonna uplift your float. So we're gonna take that and normally you would have like a, a better ice cream scoop, but this is a bar show. So we'll have that in there, right? So you put your first scoop of ice cream. Then you're gonna add your syrup. We're using a maple, uh, syrup with a little bit of um, glitter in it just because I had it on hand. Super fun, have a nice little flavor combination with that with the um, ice cream. So you put that in. Next thing you do is you add a little bit of soda water, right? So now you notice I'm only gonna go about halfway up the glass. And you're like, oh, well, it doesn't really look mixed to me and it's gonna be really weird. You are correct. So now comes the point where you're gonna start to mix the bottom. You're gonna give it a twirl and the ice cream is still stuck to that spoon. With a secondary scooper or bar spoon, you take the next part of the ice cream. And this is your, what you call the money shot, right? The most put together scoop. So I put it there, cause you're gonna see this, cause it will float. You're gonna put it on top. And however you set this at this point is where it's gonna live, like that. Okay, so now you're gonna have that in there. And we are going to add our next bit of soda water. And you're gonna get a nice little head that comes up. And this is really simple, right? You have to make the choice. Do you want some citrus in this? I don't know. I like a little bit of citrus in mine. We could leave it alone and leave it on the bottom like that so you have this built. You can add a little bit of fresh cucumber to it for a garnish. You can um, do whatever you want. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take a little bit of cucumber and a bit of mint and make kind of like a little boutonniere, if you will, for the ice cream. And I stuck it through. And I'm just gonna have it rest ever so gently in the glass with the ice cream. And I'm gonna add a little bit more 
just because we can. And then we'll add a straw, a little bit more ice cream, and you wanna serve it with the spoon and the ice cream and everything together because that is how you make a float. Now, notice there's no alcohol in here. Well, you know, I do have children too, and sometimes I don't always feel like getting after it, so it might be nice sometimes to just take this as a non-alcoholic approach so you keep everybody happy, delicious, and it's all together. And there you go. A non-traditional, traditional ice cream float. Enjoy. Gina, I didn't think you could make that cucumber ice cream any better than it is. I mean, it's just a float, right? But like, that's so traditional and rich in the um, history of ice cream shops in America. But how delicious is that with a cucumber, though? Oh, I can't yeah. even. I know. It's the cucumber. It's like, it's so good. It's so good. It's so, I mean, obviously, I think you're proud of your product, but this product is really good. Right. She'll take that because uh, she doesn't usually ooh and ah over everyone. She's got something special going here. I know. Seriously, <laughs> I, I think it's like, oh, so anyway. Hope you guys have a nice, nice second episode, Louise. I have stuff to do. Thanks. All right, so before we do that, where are they going to go to get this tip? You're going to go to designateddrinker.show for our tip, and you can see that on Instagram at designateddrinker, and um, stay tuned and see the cocktails later. Yep, absolutely. So um, to that point, if you didn't catch anything Gina just said, don't worry, just scroll down into your episode notes. You'll be able to find those links to the website, to Instagram, but you're also going to make sure you have a hot link to uh, Mimi's Handmade Ice Cream, so if you're in the area, exactly how to go get indulged in some of this deliciousness. Absolutely. It's so good. It's so good. All right, I hate to break you away from the ice cream, Gina, but this does bring us to the end of part one of with designated drinker and uh, apparently head scientist of Mimi's handmade ice cream, Roland Amour. But if you're anything like me and Gina, one round is just never enough. So go top off that drink or grab a scoop of ice cream and get ready for part two of this episode as we continue our boozy, ice creamy, frozen dessert deliciousness banter. And uh, Gina's sure to share a recipe that will make you scream for ice cream. Guaranteed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, I want to be an ice cream scientist when I grow up, so thank you. <laughs> That's his title. I know, I love it. <laughs> The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.